Thanks for tuning in to Beer Here, a weekly podcast on WFMU.org and blog at beerhere.blogspot.com. Every September, we take a trip down to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware for a short beach vacation after all the summer crowds have left. And since Rehoboth Beach is also the home to the Dogfish Head Brew Pub, we end up there for a pint or two. We were lucky enough to speak to brewer Matt. Now, note the Dogfish Head Brew Pub is separate from the Dogfish Head Brewery. The brewery is located about 17 miles away, but this is where Dogfish Head started back in 1995. And at the brew pub, they carry some of the regular lineup of the Dogfish Head beers that are brewed over in their Milton brewery, but they also have some special one-offs that are only available at the brew pub. We're at Dogfish Head Brew Pub. That's not the brewery in Milton, Delaware, but the brew pub in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And we're with Matt, the one of the brewers here at the brew pub. Hello. Matt, how many brewers are at the brew pub? Uh, well, we have a couple of different people that rotate in. Uh, Sam comes down here and brews. Uh, Jason Weisberg is the general manager. He's a trained brewer. Um, I'm just a home brewer myself, but I do get in here and, uh, and have the chance to brew every once in a while. And we also rotate in uh, some of our, of our brewers from Milton Brewery. Uh, we use this as an opportunity for them to, instead of making 60 and 90 every day, all day, they get to come down here and play around with their own recipes a little bit. So this is sort of the playground. Right. Is the brew pub used as a testing ground, or is it its standalone operation? Primarily what the brew pub brewery is for is for research and development for beers that we want to make in Milton. That's our primary reason for this brewery. Sam will come down here if he's got an idea for the next great beer he wants to make. He'll come down here and make it on this five-barrel batch first and tweak any recipes or change any recipes you know, from the first or the second batch so that we can get it right, make sure it actually tastes the way we think it's going to taste in our heads. But also we use it just to play around a little bit. For instance, you know, Jason or I will brew a beer just because we're thirsty, just because we know we like to make beers, even though you know, that beer may never be made widely available. You said you started as a home brewer, or you are a home brewer. Mm-hmm. We're both home brewers as well. How did you find the transitioning from, I don't know what size you brew on at home, to brewing on the, I mean, it's not a giant scale, but still, right. it is a step up in terms of recipes and formulations. Well, I worked here for about two years before I ever got the chance to brew on this system. I've been an all-grain home brewer for about five years now on a five-gallon scale. So a lot of the things are, are very, very similar from working on a five-gallon scale to a five-barrel scale. The recipe development is almost almost exactly the same. The big differences are you can really, really hurt yourself working with five barrels of beer. I guess you can, too, with five gallons of beer, but you have to be really, really careful and safety-minded uh, when you're working in a professional brewery. The chemicals that we use are a lot more, I guess you could say, hardcore than, than Star Sand or PBW or anything like that that are, that are fairly easy and, and not too dangerous to work with at the home level. If you spill some uh, some some oxonia or some of this some of these other acids on yourself you can you can hurt yourself quite badly. We also have some nice heat exchangers and pumps like that that I don't have the I don't have the luxury of in my home brewery. Well it's not quite as dangerous as say what you experienced on breaking bad. 
no, not quite that bad. No, you don't, you know you don't need gas masks or you know that full body suits or anything like that. Just some gloves and proper eyewear. Um, but still, you know. What are the parameters or rules regarding the recipes and the styles? When you have an idea and you it might be crazy to brew this particular beer, and you know it might not sell well or be received well by the general public. What are you told as far as the guidelines? I've never really been told anything specifically that I can or can't do. Um, we don't generally like to work with wild yeast here because we like to keep it clean. And again, it's a, it's a brewery for research and development first and foremost. Um, so cleanliness is obviously very, very important. And we have a limited amount of space here. So again, we don't, we don't like to mess around with wild yeast unless we're very, very careful about it. 9 to 10 percent alcohol is about the limit of what this mash ton can do with good efficiency. Uh, we have made test batches of 120, but we're really pushing the limit and, uh, and using a lot more yeast than we normally would use. I think a kind of an informal rule is not to go by the Reinheitsgebot, uh, which I'm all for. So, you know, I'd never brew a four-ingredient beer here. I'm not sure how that would be looked upon by Sam, but uh, I'll just stay away from that just to be safe. Other than that, there's really no rules. And what about, I mean, this is obviously a resort town. Do you, in terms of summer and winter brewing, do you brew more in the summer, things that are going to be kind of light and just brew it quickly, ferment it quickly, get it out there, and then in the winter have a little more room to maneuver with your recipes? Or We like to adhere to a little bit of seasonality, but again, being an R&D brewery, we may be brewing something you know, in, in March or April that we want to release in the summer and vice versa. We may need to brew something in April that, you know, we're planning on making a winter release. So for those R&D brews, we don't really look at seasonality too much, but for the beers that we just make for fun, we do. Obviously, it's a very successful restaurant, and I'm guessing 90% of your beer is coming from the Milton Brewery. At least, yeah, probably more like 95 to 98%. So the beers you do here are really the special research, development, unique. You might never, ever taste them ever and see them ever again, right? Correct, yeah. Most of the time, the beers we make here, they're served here. Unless Sam steals a six still or two to take to a special event, and unless we're going to brew it in Milton, you know, you'll never have a chance to drink that beer besides right here, right now at the brew pub. Are there any beers that you've been involved with in your tenure here that you've been particularly proud of or that the main brewery has taken over and decided to go nationwide with no i've been i've been proud of every beer that i've been a part of Zeno was the first beer that i ever made from my my own recipe with brian selders and uh we actually made a large batch of that in april and sent some of it to ohio and we also had some of it here from the brew pub so that was kind of cool being able to make you know the first beer i ever made for dogfish here in a five barrel batch we actually made on a hundred barrel scale at the at the brew house the next year Bitches Brew was another one that we brewed here and then and then was released. You were part of that? Uh, I, just helping out, you know, shoveling that. That's part of that. You know, that's part of it. Cleaning up and stuff like no, that. That's part of it. Yeah. Usually when Sam's here, there's about five or six other people in the brew house either filming or, you know, helping out or taking notes or anything like that. And it really only takes about two people to brew in here. So anybody beyond that is just kind of in the way. No, I think, I think you should take full credit. <laughs> I would never take credit for bitches brew. Just say bitches. <laughs> we can still give you credit. Uh, explain to us why there's a hockey stick shaft here in the brewery. 
This is a very, very technical and important piece of equipment. Uh, if you'll notice here, it has some notches on the side of it. And it, is, it is a hockey stick. Uh, this is a flow meter. This is a very expensive flow it, meter. But made by Sherwood from Canada. Yeah. And it's got little notches in there. And, uh, and this tells us how many barrels of liquid we have in our brew kettle. Can see here this is five barrels and then four three two one so this might actually be a good uh canadian marketing tool for dogfish head exactly matt is there some sort of tension or friction between the people who brew beer here and the people who make spirits not at all no it's one big happy family uh, i was hoping you'd say there'd be fights and there'd be yeah you know, no not at all allison is our distiller she works 40 hours a week just making awesome spirits, brown honey rum, gin, vodka. But she also handles a lot of the day-to-day -day operations in the brew house, moving beer, cleaning tanks. So there's no, there's no sort of snootiness like I, uh, my, my product is higher in alcohol than yours? No, not at all. Well, you could always come back and say, well, you can't make your product without mine. I've never heard that. Well, I guess I'm just trying to be an instigator. You're just trying to instigate. I am trying to instigate. I'll, you know, at the end of my shift, I might have a martini, I might have a mixed drink, or I might have a 90-minute. Hey, it's, you know, Boilermaker takes two things to make, right? That's right. Teamwork. Teamwork. That's a great way to, to leave it. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time outside of your working hours to talk to us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. See you at the bar. All right. Thanks for listening to Beer Here. And don't forget to check out the blog at beerhere.blogspot.com. Next week, we'll be speaking with Sylvester Schneider, the owner of Zoom Schneider, an East Village German beer hall on Avenue C. He's going to tell us a little bit about the history of Oktoberfest, as well as the history of Zoom Schneider. And we will both be wearing lederhosen in honor of the occasion. Yeah, you'll have to check the blog for the pictures of that.